0: I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008 helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the menopause and endometriosis. There has been a lot of talk this week in the UK about the menopause because on Tuesday, it was National Menopause Awareness Day, which is fabulous anything we can do to raise awareness of any women's health issue is time very well spent and I've been spending my time this week talking a lot about the menopause. Um, Now I talk about this a lot but one of the things that we don't tend to see in mainstream discussions is the talk about early menopause. Early menopause generally but especially early menopause when it comes to using the menopause as treatment for conditions like endometriosis. Um, Menopause is prevalent Early menopause is prevalent um, in the endometriosis community because, as many of you will already know, it's one of the treatment options for endometriosis. Now, there are essentially two options for um, menopause. <laughs> sounds weird saying you've got an option for menopause, but in terms of the treatment of endometriosis, there are two options available. There is the temporary um, induction, if you will, of the menopause, and there's a permanent state of menopause. So the temporary menopause is essentially a chemically induced menopause. So this is where you take the abdominal implants um, that induce the menopause for a set period of time. So normally you have the and I say normally as you know I don't like using the word normal but uh, most commonly you will see people have the implants for 6 months which will induce a menopause for those 6 months and then for a short time afterwards so as long as it takes your body to recover its natural menstrual cycle after that. um yeah, I think you, there are other options available in terms of length of time, but I think you'll find that, that most, most doctors will recommend those implants for six months. So that's a temporary menopause. Essentially, what's happening is your body's hormones are being shifted to mimic the onset of menopause, to put your body into an early menopause in the hope that that will reduce your endometriosis. Now, for a lot of people, it did. I had this course of treatment and it did work for me for a while. It wasn't a permanent solution, but it did work for me for a while. My problem was when the symptoms came back after the menopause, so after the the implant and after the effects of the implant had worn off, the symptoms were massively increased in terms of the levels of, of pain, the levels of bloating and bleeding I had been experiencing previous to the treatment. So for me, it wasn't a great option. That's not to say it's not a great option for other people as I say all the time with endometriosis, um, it's it, your path is your path. It's very different from one person to the other. So don't listen to my experiences. Don't listen to other people's experiences. You have to make your own mind up. Um, the chances are this will not be a permanent solution. Endometriosis, as I keep saying, is a complex beast. Many people have... um a, a, a more stronger link with their hormones and endometriosis. So if you have a strong oestrogen element to your endometriosis, then you will find that the impact on your endo will be stronger to somebody whose influence by oestrogen um, by is less. So again, it depends how your endometriosis manifests for you. Um, but it is definitely a treatment option if you wanted to look at that. Um, the permanent menopause is actually... The, when you get your 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 womb, your uterus um removed by means of a hysterectomy, that is a permanent solution, and that forces your body into a permanent early menopause. and again, this is a solution that many that many many women take um, ostensibly because there isn't anything left for for doctors to try. and again, it's so so common I hear so many times I just I'd had enough, I wanted everything taken out. So for many women, again, this is um, a long lasting, I won't say permanent, but for many women, this is a long lasting solution. Um, Other women I know have had it and within months their symptoms have, have come back. So again, we talk about this in the endometriosis and surgery podcast. But again, just to say at this point, your journey is your journey. There's no right or wrong answers for you. Whatever you decide to do. That's the best option for you at the time. Just make sure, please, that you do take advice and do weigh up all of the options before you consent to the permanent permanent menopause solution, i.e. the hysterectomy. So what happens when your body goes into menopause? Well, whether you're going through an early menopause naturally, an early enforced menopause, or just a normal menopause, ostensibly everything... Pretty much is exactly the same. I don't know how you can be pretty much exactly the same, but bear with me. So essentially what's happening when you enter menopause is that your hormones are shifting. So exactly the same when we came through puberty, our hormones shifted. We have over 50 hormones um, running through our bodies delicately balanced as women. And what's happening as we go through these changes, these transitions in our life, is that those hormones are shifting and that's what enables us to um, have our fertile years because our our hormones shift so the balance of hormones shift as we go through our our life and I always liken with my clients I always liken this to the changing of the seasons so if you think about um, spring and summer as your as your adolescence and then as your fertile years and then you sort of go over the curve and that suggests it's going downhill and that's not the case at all, but you kind of go over the curve of summer, over the curve of spring into summer, over the curve of summer into autumn and that's the menopausal transition. Um, So what happens is your hormones are shifting their balance slightly again because you're moving away from the summer, you're moving away from that that lush, fertile um, summertime in effect, moving into the more chilled, crisp, dry, beautiful autumnal season. So your fertility levels are dropping, um, your 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 get up and go is dropping a lot of the time. If you think about if you mirror this this the summer and the autumnal transition, then what's happening is is kind of mirrored in our bodies. So we're moving away from this kind of vibrant out till ten o'clock at night in the in the sunshine, more to a okay, I'm gonna start thinking about, you know, popping my, my, my woolly socks on and um and having crisp autumnal walks, that's the kind of moods that we're seeing, that's the kind of shifts that we're seeing happening in mood, in physical symptoms. That's exactly what's, what we're going through, that's exactly what we're mirroring, that change in seasons. So in an inverted commas, a, a healthy um, menstrual life, that's exactly what will be happening. You'll be seeing those shifts from spring to summer through to autumn, all happening very calmly all happening with minimal impact Um, sadly that's not the case for a lot of people Um, we see so many issues with the menopause with those hormonal transitions that um, that those transitions aren't necessarily as smooth as they could be when you have something like endometriosis you're already on the back foot because you already have issues you have symptoms that are already going to make that transition even more difficult So whether you are going through a natural menopause with endometriosis, or it's an enforced um, transition with endometriosis, chances are you're going to be experiencing some of the symptoms worse. The impact is going to be worse than somebody whose hormones are balanced, whose menstrual cycle has been healthy throughout their life so that's the first thing to recognize in terms of the the natural menopause with endometriosis it may it may just just fly by without a without a tweak um, but chances are that you are going to experience some of those issues and that's that's fine that's just how it is there are there are people like me out there who can help you with that transition even when you you've had difficult periods in the past When you have an induced menopause, it can be very, very different. In effect, what you're doing is hitting a brick wall very, very quickly. So you're suddenly shifting. Um, It's like global warming on steroids. You're kind of shifting from your summer to your autumn and potentially to your winter in a very, very quick space of time. Your body isn't naturally ready for that. So we have to do a lot of things to, to nurture our body as we're going through it. So that's the first thing I'd like to say to you. If you are contemplating or if you have already undergone either a temporary or a permanent menopause shift um, as treatment for endo, just be very, very gentle with yourself. Because essentially what you've done is taken your body from summer to autumn in a day. And that doesn't tend to happen. Again, if you look at the the natural progression of things, things tend to move quite slowly. It transitions over a period of time. Same with menopause. There's no set time for menopause. We have three stages of menopause if you're going through natural menopause. There's perimenopause. Now this can last. This can start at any age and it can last can last months or it can last years, depending on the individual. Essentially what you're doing when you have treatment that induces the menopause is you're cutting out that perimenopause phase, unless you're in perimenopause when you go through it. But for most of us, we won't be. So for most of us, we're kind of cutting out that perimenopause phase. Perimenopause is when your body prepares itself for that transition, for that shift. So essentially what you're doing is cutting out that preparation phase. So the first bit of advice, I can't remember if I've given advice already, but the first bit of advice I'm going to give in this part is if you know that you're going to be having this treatment, is to start to prepare your body for the menopause. Now, that's quite easily done in some respects. Essentially, it means to balance your hormones as best you can. So there's things you can be doing to balance your, your, your hormones. So exactly the sort of things I talk about anyway, eating seasonally, eating as naturally as possible, eating good quality food, cutting down on sugars, cutting down on processed food, minimizing stress, Keeping yourself calm, removing yourself from any stressful situation, learning techniques to calm down that parasympathetic nervous system, to calm anxiety, to be able to deal better with stress. Anything you can do to relax, rejuvenate, um, replenish your body, that can only be a good thing move more. So do whatever movement you can, even if that's just moving a little bit more around your house, go for walks, go for runs, high intensity, anything you're able to do, start to move more. And then the biggie, hydration. You'll hear me talk about this so, so often, but keep your body as hydrated as possible. That's one of the key things. I work with women with endo. I work with women going through the menopause. One of the major issues is the fact that we don't keep ourselves hydrated enough. And it's amazing how many of our symptoms can be reduced just by drinking water. So that's the other thing. Keep hydrated. The better you can prepare your body for, the, for the, the brick wall of the menopause, the easier the transition will be. And the more long lasting the results will be as well, because that's one thing that I've already mentioned. The results for whether it's temporary or permanent menopause, the results in terms of endometriosis tend to be temporary. They can be longer lasting. A lot of people see results for years before endo starts returning. A lot of people will actually see that their endo doesn't return. But for most people, their endo does return at some point. The better you can prepare for your surgery or for your implant, the, the, the better you can prepare for your induced menopause, the longer lasting the results will be and the easier that transition will be, the better your recovery will be as well. So that brings me on to the recovery itself. So when we talk about menopause, HRT has a massive role to play in natural menopause. I'm not against HRT. It doesn't work for everyone. There's different variations of HRT available. So it's it's really important if you are going through a natural menopause, it's really important that you get the balance of HRT right for you, the dosage, the the the, the Dosage method. It's really, really important that, however you're you're getting your HRT, that it's the version that's right for you. When you are going through menopause with endometriosis, as as a treatment option for endometriosis, I should say, that HRT element isn't quite as readily available. One of the issues we have recovering from and this is pertinent especially to the surgical menopause so one of the issues we have if we've gone through surgical menopause is that the whole point of this of this treatment for endometriosis is to stop the stop the bleeding but to to stop the hormonal surges that we get now if you have a dual diagnosis of adenomyosis there is another another part to it as well and i guess there is a part some part of this with endometriosis as well and that is to remove the adenomyosis adenomyosis grows within the uterus so if you're taking the uterus out essentially what you're doing is removing the adenomyosis when the fallopian tubes c- come out as well what you're doing then is forcing the body into menopause because those that that cycle just won't exist anymore you're taking away a vital part of that hormone cycle so that hormone cycle will just cease to exist so, what you're doing is kind of shifting that balance, like I say, like into a brick wall. Instead of the natural perimenopausal progression, you're taking away an element of the of the cycle, which will just stop the the hormonal cycle in its tracks. What it will do is start to rebalance itself. So you're not stopping your hormonal cycle completely our bodies are way too complex for that we have like i say fit over 50 hormones at any one time removing the fallopian tubes is not going to stop your hormonal cycle what it will do is cause a massive imbalance which in itself is going to cause issues so you might see symptoms after your after your surgery which are similar to endometriosis which are essentially your menopause symptoms so Try not Again, top tip, try not to worry that your endometriosis is coming back at the first sign of these symptoms because these symptoms can just be your menopause symptoms. And that's very, very common. It's perfectly common. So try not to worry if you start to see these sort of symptoms coming back. So we're talking bloating, migraines. We're talking pain, cramping. That can also just be a general recovery from the operation as well. What we also start to see... Is as our bodies calm down after our bodies rejuvenate, regenerate after the um, after the the surgery, is that we do really start to have massive typical menopause symptoms. So we start to get hot flushes, which we might have already been getting due to the endo. We start to become forgetful. We start to be to to have sort of um, those other typical in inverted commas menopause symptoms. At this point. If you go to your GP, your GP might well suggest HRT. The issue we have is that the whole point of taking out your ovaries, your the the things that are stimulating the hormones, is you don't want that hormonal stimulation there. For many women, that is a massive part of endometriosis. Not all women, but for many people, that is a massive stimulant for endometriosis. So if you're then going to put back into your body the hormones that... The surgery is designed to quash, then you're going to end up potentially just returning the body to that endometrial state. I've just made that up, (laughs) endometrial state. I quite like it. Maybe I might rename this podcast. Um, But yeah, you're going to be returning the body to that hormonal so that hormonal fluctuation, apparent well, not fluctuation, but the hormonal levels that are causing stroke tri- triggering your endometriosis in the first place. So you will have gone through all of that surgery. You will have had the the, the menopause permanently shifting. Um, your your body, but then you're you're boosting the very hormone that we want to reduce in the body, you will be reducing it with HRT. So it's very important if you're considering HRT to talk to your doctor about the fact that you had endometriosis, how your endometriosis used to manifest, the impact that your menstrual cycle had on your endometriosis, so that your doctor knows the kind of dosage, the kind of, of... administration the kind of type of HRT that will work for you that won't just all of a sudden trigger your endometriosis again and again there are people like me out there who can help with that Um, what you don't want to do is be struggling with the symptoms of menopause even though menopause isn't a health condition you don't want to be struggling with the symptoms of menopause and then chuck into the mix your endo returning on top of that so if there's one thing that I can urge you to do after listening to this podcast, if you have been through anything um, that I've talked about today, if any of this has resonated, then please do talk about your experiences with others. The more we talk about it, the more we share our experiences, then the easier it is for other people to have those discussions. So even if their symptoms aren't mirroring yours, even if um, the the experiences that you have you feel are completely different there will be aspects of it that are the same and the more experiences we share the more people will understand that it is different for everybody but they will seek some comfort from the fact you're talking about it some comfort from some of the things you're talking about if not everything you're talking about and a lot of that shame that we experience the frustration will be minimized as well because we're all talking about it openly um so yeah Menopause and endometriosis go hand in hand, natural and enforced menopause. We need to be talking about it all. Um, If you do have any questions, if you do have any concerns about where you are with your journey, if you're considering either a temporary or permanent menopause as one of the solutions to your endometriosis, then do explore all the options open to you. Do speak to your specialists. And if you want to speak to somebody like me, please do, because we can shed a slightly different aspect on on what you're going through. I am actually looking, well, it depends on when you're listening to this podcast, but at the moment, I am looking for three fabulous women to take part in a trial of my um, self-guided post-op recovery program. Um, it is potentially a six to nine week course. Um, I've got some some extra bits to add on. I don't know whether to do, the, to do them as weeks or to do them as bonuses. So your feedback in terms of that kind of question, as my guinea pigs, would be invaluable. If you are interested, please do email me. It's hello at com. if you are interested in one of those three places. Um, it's anticipated that the course or the programme will go live um probably in about maybe probably just after christmas if i give myself enough time to do it properly um and that will give us enough time to test things as well so if you are interested please do drop me a line um, any other questions as well are always welcome any feedback about the podcast is always welcomed if there's something you would like to hear me chat in aimly to myself about for 20 minutes um then you're more than welcome to send suggestions through I will be having guests on um, at some point. I have got some fabulous people lined up to come and talk to me. I just need to sort out the sessions. So if there's any guest um, topics that you'd like to speak about as well, we're having a pelvic floor expert. um, We're having a non-natural medicine believer, if that's uh, the term, uh, and a few others lined up as well. But if there's other people that you'd like to see, please do get in touch. Thank you very much again for listening talk about the menopause, talk about your experience with menopause, talk about your concerns about the menopause um, and especially talk about your experiences with endometriosis and the menopause because we are not talking about them collectively as a, as a community, as, as a as a nation enough. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes you can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or, for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.